0: good afternoon happy Friday you are back at the crucibles fire Friday live and Tim's got his I'm not talking smirk <laughs> on uh, here with Matt and Tim we're glad to have you with us um, I notice we got three people online if you're out there watching go ahead and comment and say hey to us so we can at least acknowledge that you are existing um, and we'll tell you kind of what we're gonna do today um, we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff we're gonna start a study today in the book of Romans um, and I will be honest. Romans is probably one of my favorite books um, that that there is, uh, just because it covers everything to me. I mean, it's it's one of the formative books that I read a long time ago that helped me. But but I like it. Hey, Randy, see you out there. Thanks for for commenting. Um, there's a couple other people online. Go ahead and let us know you're out there. Unless you're just embarrassed to be watching, you don't have to say anything. I'd be embarrassed to watch us. <laughs> But uh, before we, we get started, Sean's here. Hey, Tom. Oh, man, Tom. Awesome. Uh, I feel like you're a celebrity or something. Um, but uh, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're A lot of people look at or get on YouTube or they look at things about, you know, hey, we're going to do a study in Romans. They even go to Bible studies at church and, hey, you tell me what Romans means. Um, Or you tell me what Ezekiel means because I don't know what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through and we're gonna Tell you what Romans does for us and where we land we're gonna land on some things It's gonna deal with some deep theological stuff Um, And there's gonna be a place um, That we come across to but what we want to encourage everybody out there to do one of the things in our ministry that we want to encourage people to do is to contend and wrestle with the with the truth of Scripture yourself. Yeah, Um. You know the scripture says the holy spirit will lead you into all truth and uh, tim's got a great story i want you to tell us about oscar and what he said about reading commentaries and things like that
1: oh so anyway one of the ministries that i used to work with uh in the mission field um well first let me tell me so i'm like everybody else i i got a hunger to start reading the word when i was. Younger I was already married Uh, But at any rate, I just started reading I had a King James Bible It was a Schofield study Bible that my granddaddy had had that he gave to me don't really know how all that transpired But anyway, that's all I had and that's what I was reading I was really hungry for it, you know, and so I started, you know, we were going to church. We had Sunday school uh, We had some pretty good discipleship teachers, but I you know, I'm always looking for the horse's mouth uh and so i would start god what was Jay vernon mcgee through yeah. the bible series is oh, that what yeah. it was this, called this, this, this some old stuff you may have never heard of any of this uh anyway uh, i'd hear these guys names and i would find you know back then you had to find the books you didn't have the internet and he had these little books mm-hmm. on every book of the bible and they were cheap and uh and so, uh, I don't know if I got all of them, but I started reading some of that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, there was another one. What's the other big wig in the Baptist uh, commentaries? John MacArthur? No, not him. Ryrie, Ryle? No. Ma- Matthew Henry. Matthew Henry. Yeah. So I have a Matthew uh, Henry's. Well, every Baptist church on the planet had Matthew Henry stuff. <laughs> And so I'd go in the libraries and I'd get this stuff and I'm I'm reading what these guys are theologians and they're trained and they have, you know, at least they had titles of ministry. I really didn't know what they'd done or not done. And so that's normal uh, pursuit, I would say. And, you know, over time, uh, I would start, you know, I started learning to read Greek or at least a transliterated version of Greek trying to find out how it was really worded You know, that's a big deal in study functions and I just kind of stumbled into this stuff I wasn't I didn't go to seminary or anything and uh, I was probably trying to prove I was smarter than everybody else around me Uh, But in the ministry uh, Experience with people that live ministry and do ministry not just have them uh, that starts forming your theology. You have the theology that you think it is, at least from an academic sense. And uh, this is what it is. And you even believe it. And then you start watching the kingdom move and seeing what fruit really looks like. And then you start going, well, how does that really work? Because sometimes it's different than what might look like the black and white side of that, right? Right. I'm not telling you theology's messed up or it's wrong. I'm just... Uh, you're just saying there's an academic side and then there's a practical side and sometimes they don't always mix mix and mesh up the way well, you think they should. Well, that's right. And so theology is the very word means god study. Right. So uh, and then somebody'll tell you, well, you know, this is our theology. Well, somebody else's theology might actually be different. I'm not telling you which one's right or wrong. But in the end, doctrine comes out of that. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you that doctrine is no more than man's attempt to try to explain how God does things. Okay. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory sense. No, I've got it. But I'm saying that sometimes you find out how what he does on certain things might make that get a little cloudy. Right. So, uh, so at the ministry I was at, uh, there was a guy there named Oscar. He was a Nicaraguan. Uh, he was my age, a little older. He was, he fought in the, in the uh the civil war with the sandinistas with the sandinistas he was a contra he was 16 years old oh man <laughs> in some deep ugly combat at any rate his dad was a pastor and uh oscar when that guy would preach it was unbelievable stuff i don't mean like doctrinally significant he's he's following matthew henry or one of those that's how a lot of us do it as you hear somebody else preach something that you've read and you've held on to you think that that's good stuff but when the spirit is speaking like when john the baptist is out preaching the stuff that he was preaching and all the theologians were going holy cow that's what i'm talking about and so uh conversations with oscar you know i've asked him and i've heard other people ask him and they'd be like how do you get this stuff who do you read where do you study oscar's never been to seminary he he has a doctorate degree in like biblical leadership and that kind of stuff but he got that over time just so he could get into universities to teach that's the only reason he got it uh but he would answer the he he said i just read the bible and spend time in prayer (laughs) and he wouldn't say that like that's what you ought to be doing he's he would say it it was like don't you do the same thing (laughs) what what else is there (laughs) that's kind of how anyway that even being around people like it makes you think so all that long explanation to say that's one of the things that we're gonna uh try to talk about learn teach and repeat is not going out and finding what everybody else has to say about it there's nothing wrong with that but you need to start learning to figure what that what that really means and what that looks like and the Lord will tell you if you pursue it.
0: Right, and where that's going to really play into the book of Romans is like I said, there's we're going to come across things in this book that we're going to have I won't I won't say opinions. We're going to have settled doctrinal viewpoints. Maybe that's a better way to say it. They have come out of experience, study, time with the Lord and in some reading others when we don't understand and those sorts of things, but I want to encourage you guys um to study and read and and just because we say hey this is what this is saying um, be a berean and go and study uh read because one of the things that we want to do is what do you equip- mean by
1: being a berean
0: uh being a berean the scriptures talk about the bereans were more noble because they went and searched the scriptures diligently and daily about what they were hearing from the apostles to see if it was correct
1: From the apostles. Yeah. So, yeah, they would even challenge the apostles and everybody knew the apostles were the apostles. Right. And, you know, uh, it's
0: important for you a a couple of things. Um, And I want to be real clear about this. And if you hear us say something, you know that man, that's not what our church teaches, or that's not what my pastor says. Then, uh, please do not go to your pastor, or your church, and say Matt and Tim said you were wrong. Um, because say who? Yeah, Matt and Tim. Who is that? Like Bert and Ernie? I mean, they're way way more reliable than we are. But uh, <laughs> but but so go sit down and talk with him um if you but please uh never just take someone's word for it i mean i love my pastor and i sit out there with my scripture in my hand during church a lot of times and uh and and he knows this and if something seems like well that's not exactly how i thought man i'm digging in to see if what it if that's what it was because the holy spirit will lead us into all truth as a pastor teaching i had men in our congregation that would do that they would Uh, We always tell this funny story about how Dan would I could always tell because he was nodding and with me and Doing this real big and then I could always tell if I said something strange because his head would stop and he would grab his uh, uh, Bible and he would I would lose him he would be flipping through his Bible and he would have a concerned look on his face and After church he would stand at the back with his Bible open to a passage And I knew we were gonna have to have a conversation (laughs) And so I got to where actually during the sermon, if I looked down and I could see he was confused, um, I would actually, I would actually, uh, Peter, what's up, man? Welcome to the broadcast. Um, I would actually uh, look at him and stop my sermon and be like, all right, Dan, what did I say? You know, because a lot of times I was just saying something incorrectly or whatever, or maybe it wasn't clear. And he would say, are you saying this? Oh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying this other thing. Well, how does that work? in And we would have a little conversation. And what I've learned is that people that were scared to ask the question also had the question. And it was a time of learning, not just uh, regurgitation. All of that to say, as we go through here, do that. Go search. I hope that we come across something that makes you go, I'm not too sure about that. And I hope you dig into the word. And I hope you let the Holy Spirit dig into your heart because he will do that. And... We are not here to poo-poo commentaries. We are not here to poo-poo yeah. people who've gone before us. And we stand on the shoulders of 2,000 years of scholarship. I'm not saying that. All we're saying is, is go to the book first. Let the Spirit teach you. And that's kind of my method is I, I study, I read. And then I will go read commentaries to, to check. Maybe I misunderstood something. Sometimes I go, oh, yeah, we agree. I mean, we, we read that the same. And sometimes I go, they got something totally different. And I give myself permission, even though they have titles after their name or whatever, and they've had all this training.
1: If the word disagrees with them, the
0: word disagrees with them, period.
1: Yeah, and you'll find that, or even you might not, you may speak on the same terms, but they may think and live differently. I don't know, I can't really give an example of that, but uh, people that you can speak and be on the same terms, that might translate different and actually how you live your culture or do what you do and that gets difficult and weird and i know that but i even see that in the scripture too uh so um but one of the things that we're 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 laying all this out there because we really think that paul uh the book of romans the, the church in rome when he wrote this thing uh Paul was on his third missionary journey right. somewhere in there, and things were good, you know. They, yeah, they got beat up and persecuted and that kind of stuff, but I, I would say that his mindset was things are going well, the kingdom's moving forward. Ministry's expanding. And, and when you read the other books that he wrote, there was usually something going on in that particular kind of church right. that he would address as well. And in this one, he doesn't do that, so it's you can take that a couple of different ways. One, they were young, and he was just trying to give them some doctrinal things to stand on or two, uh, they were actually thriving and doing pretty well right. uh, from a kingdom perspective. And, uh, uh, he wanted to go see him and that's kind of what he says in here. But Romans is the one book that you could pull out and be able to study almost every kind of a theology or doctrine that people always come up with questions on. Yeah. Uh, just from living through things. Why does God do this? Why does this happen? And I have to do that. Right. Uh, why do good why do bad things happen to good people yeah he he covers that in this, and uh you know why he brought it to him or whatever who knows who really cares but it was a good conversation uh that he was putting in there so this one book uh even the whole i don't know whether to call it a doctrine or theology but you know there's a a set of terminologies if you if you're into church life at all so once saved always saved or i guess that's i don't know if that's a baptist cliche or where that came from but uh or you can lose your salvation yeah uh that gets in depending on where you are and how studied you are and all that you can come up with all kinds of names and and attributes of that but he kind of covers that in this book right to an extent and just to give you an example of what we're talking about this study thing uh I grew up as a baptist i always believed that once saved always saved and you know pointed out various passages and 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 that was what i thought i mean that was the truth of what it was but i couldn't articulate it anywhere and uh uh, so over time as i was studying i started having people that i really respected that were going you can lose your salvation and i mean respected from a kingdom a kingdom people you know this is where you get the two different opinions uh and so from romans that's what made me start having to pursue that you know how long i spent on that topic no 10 years that's a long
0: time except for somebody as old as you it's not that long
1: well yeah that's probably true it's a lot harder to read if i had what i had to have been. <laughs> do it faster but i i didn't spend every waking moment digging on that but a lot of my theological pursuit was to answer that question And that's that's where I learned I was listening to what everybody else and I was trying to piece together what everybody else was saying and what I thought I believed. And I finally just had to dig down and start reading the scriptures for what it said and reading a thousand different versions and reading all kinds of Greek and having to struggle through all that stuff. And finally, the spirit of the Lord sat on me and showed me what was really transpiring there. Right. And you say, oh, Tim, tell me what the answer is. Well, I'm not going to tell you because that's you need to go pursue that right (laughs) that's what i'm trying to talk about Well, hey mike satterfield welcome to the to the broadcast
0: um and that's you know for me romans has was the one i I had one thing that i took out of the book of romans and it was involved in that because there have been times if you're like me you cycle through your life where you feel like you're doing really well and then you feel like you're tanking and you're like there's no way that god can still love me there's no way that i and then you'll do really well and then you're and you're just it's, it's it's and i you paul talks about doing that and so But the one thing that brought, so that brings the question, oh my goodness, I know I thought I was saved, but now am I not saved because I'm living in sin or because I've hit a wall or because I feel this way or I feel that way. And so I got into the book of Romans on that same question, but it really, what I was able to bring out of that was an understanding of the sovereignty of God as it relates to every doctrine and every theology.
1: Well, and so my end answer is not what I was trying to get to. He pursued, he pulled me through all that and kept feeding me on that because I learned a whole lot yeah. of other things about the kingdom, just trying to pursue that one function. Right. And so the answer wasn't a singular answer that it's obvious out there in front of everybody. It was an answer of realizing the kingdom as a whole. It's like when people
0: would ask Jesus questions and he would say, come and see. He wasn't going to answer the question because he had 50 other answers yes. to the questions they didn't even know they were going to ask you. Yeah. And you yeah. know, and that's the way Romans is. So yes, let's, let's jump in. Um, at the very beginning of Romans, we have um, what do you call it? While I go, the preamble, kind of a preamble. Um, you see this in a lot of Paul's letters. Um, he's basically just telling who he is. If I was teaching this in a how to study the Bible course, this would be when you're filling out the observation part of who, what, when, and where is in the text. This is like tells you everybody. I mean, it gives you. It just, it just tells you. You know, Paul's writing. He's a servant of Jesus. He's a, a set apart to be an apostle of God, so we know who's here. Some books of the Bible, we're not sure who wrote it. You know, this one, it's pretty clear uh, because it's declared. Um, well, but it's specific.
1: So Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, these people knew who he was right. before he started writing this stuff. So what he's proclaiming is, and in this preamble, it's not about him and what his credentials are. It's about who credentialed him.
0: Right. Well, and it's also and in that's a contrast. It it's
1: also in contrast to the Saul
0: of Tarsus, who pre-conversion yeah. was Saul the zealot. I mean, he was yeah. the Jew of all Jews. He was the up and I always called him the Jewish Billy Graham of the day. You know, I mean he was the guy that was coming along. Um, he was training under Gamaliel. We know him from another place in scripture, which was a big deal. As these Jewish boys would come up in school, they would go out and they picked the promised, you know, the, the ones that showed promise. And they would give them to a rabbi because they were going to go into rabbinical training um but uh not everybody got to go study under gamaliel yeah okay i mean they was this was the big guy. name and he's in this text saying i'm not a servant of that yes i am a servant a bond servant um uh what what does he say there uh, Called as an apostle set apart for the for the gospel of god um read your version you, you're in the new american
1: standard He said, So Paul, a bond servant of Christ Jesus, is verse one, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he, God, promised beforehand through his prophets in the scriptures, concerning his son, who was born of a who was born of the descendant of David, according to the flesh, from the human lineage, who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of Holiness. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his namesake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Um, point to be made there, too, I think, Tim, as we're
0: reading through that, is as a unconverted Jew, uh, an, an unconverted, I mean unconverted to Christianity, Saul believed in God. He did. He believed in the Old Testament and the Torah and lived it. Jesus was killed because he claimed to be God and the Messiah and they didn't think he was. Um, and here, well they didn't want him to be. They did that's that's better. They didn't want him to be and Paul makes no bones about in this first, you know, 6 or 7 verses. This is not just about me serving Yahweh. This is not just about me serving God, though it is. It's about the man, Jesus Christ. He has drawn a line in the dirt that the man, Jesus Christ, commissioned me. I'm a servant to him. He's called all you people, uh, Gentiles. He's credentialed me. He's Everything is coming through, flowing through, all about everything pointing to the person, Son of God, Jesus Christ. He's making no bones about, in the first six verses, who he's going to be talking about for the rest of the letter.
1: Which is why we just said everything that we said about pursuing the things of the you want to know what the scripture says go pursue him yeah and i don't mean go find out and say that jesus is the guy i mean go read the word and pursue with the spirit and the lord and say tell me what this means what does this say how do i live this how does it what's it got to do with this or what's it got to do with that you converse with each other and you come up with these things like you said we may have opinions or we may know the truth yeah but let him show you well one of the things that i want to encourage you to do as we walk through
0: this and study together and you'll notice how tim and i study together it's kind of one of the ways this is not going to be a formal here's four points of the book of romans is when you look and you read something like paul a servant of christ jesus to go to the lord and contend with him and say okay paul was a servant what does that mean spirit god what does it mean for me to be a servant of you a bond servant You know, how do I live out what I'm reading? And uh, you can ask people, have a mentor, have a partner that you talk to. We do that all the time. But the real, real impactful truth is going to be is going to come to us, come to you as you wrestle with the Lord over these things. What does this mean? Not that what does it. And when I say what does it mean to me, I don't mean that it means something to me and it means something necessarily different for Tim. The scriptures mean what they mean. They mean what they mean. Okay, that's the rule number one. Hermeneutics, the scriptures say what they mean and they mean what they say. They they are the truth. But they impact each of us oftentimes very, very differently. That truth will hit me differently than that truth will hit Tim. doesn't mean the truth has changed. Um, but... Me being a servant of God may look different as I live that out than Tim being a servant of God. There will be things that are the same, but there will be manifestations of that in our particular lives where God has, has us that are different, which is why the scriptures talk about how the body of Christ is just that, with different parts. There's a foot and a hand and a this. They're all part of the body, but they function differently as they live out truth. Does that make sense?
1: Well, it does. One of the big things about why we're making such a big deal on this preamble everybody or at least if you've been around you read your bible you read these things and you've read them so many times you just kind of go over them and we're parking on it really not intentionally but there's a lot here so what does the word do to people and so we talked about uh paul being the bond servant and what he was before that and literally got knocked off a horse and he still had to In another conversation, we would say his heart was perfect toward the Lord. He did believe in God, just like Matt said a while ago. Uh, And then he saw it, I would say. And he humbled himself and pursued that, even though he had to be blinded to do it. The people that killed Jesus because he said he was God, their sensibilities got rubbed. They were looking for a Messiah that was going to come in and overthrow the Romans. Boom. You know blow it all out prove that everything they've struggled through all these years and lives and their families and the prophets Was going to come down right now and they were gonna they were on the side of right And watching it come in the way it did yeah. That's not what they wanted And they let that take them over and uh, So therein lies the difference and that's why when paul's claiming this stuff It's a big deal because he's trying to say, I was that over there. Right. And had every right to be able to complain and grumble and be on the other side of that. But when I saw the truth, now I am what I am. And that's more powerful than what was going on there. Yeah. And the worldly-eyed people can't grab a hold of that. And it really it, right. it burns you up. Well, and truth has a way of rattling our expectations. And that's what happened.
0: That's the truth. And that's
1: why I'm pointing all this out in the preamble.
0: Well, and and a lot of people say, oh, it's just Paul's salutation. It's just his greeting to the people. He's telling who he is and who he's talking to. That's true. But one of the big things that, that I take out of the preamble to the book of Romans is simply this. Like you just said, the Messiah did not come in the way everybody expected him to or the way they wanted him to. But it's probably, like you said, a better way to do it. And it's absolutely irrelevant and inconsequential about how the kingdom does it. If it's the kingdom doing it, that's the truth we must get a hold of. And he was, Tim's making a great point that Paul had every reason to be in the old school, but he's making a super clear point that he's now in the new school, as it were. <laughs> um, and, and so there's going to be no doubt as we go on through the book of Romans. This is not Saul of Tarsus, student of Gamaliel, talking out of just and only that context. Yes, this is that's the point of it. That's this exactly is Paul, right. the apostle of Christ, talking out of that experience as it's been completed in this new experience
1: with Jesus. And explaining what the old experience really looks like. Exactly. That's what the book of Romans does.
0: And... The book of Romans, I will warn you, if you want to walk through us with the book of Romans, it will challenge a bunch of your sensibilities. It will challenge a bunch of your preconceived ideas. And I want to encourage you to let it do it. And if you get wigged out and you get freaked out by what you think it says or what it really says. Or what it should say. Or, yeah, what you think it should say. That's not fair. Um, anytime you start feeling that as we get, especially we get into, I'm telling you, in
1: Romans 3, Romans 8, Romans 9. Well, the second, first, second half of Romans 1 starts yes. blowing up the, the psychology of what's going on in the culture now.
0: I want to encourage you to wrestle with it. Yeah. I want you
1: to wrestle, wrestle,
0: wrestle, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Um, I'm looking at the time. We got. We're not going to get through with chapter one today because we spent too much time on the preamble. That's our fault. But I, we really, I wanted to really drive home the point. Don't skip over anything. There's a big deal going on here, and that is, is that Jesus Christ and faith in Him is the center of the chessboard for everything that's going to be given in this book.
1: And not only in this book, so the preamble, at least for me, as I studied, like I said, I learned a lot about my theology and learning how to study theology from this book. But as I understood what was going on in the preamble and who this guy was, it's about who Paul was is where I'm going. That set the precedent for everything else I read that he Mm -hmm. wrote. And so it's a big deal to me. It's not about this is the word of God. But when you watch who wrote it, who the Lord gave to to pen it and watch who they were. What they went through how they learned how they grew and then put yourself in those places it makes a big difference when you're starting to receive the word and who wrote it and who's got that say and you say well that's the experiential part of it well that's what you'd say in an academic setting and i don't disagree with that however it's much deeper that to me that it's much deeper i need to know who it is that's writing this thing yeah that brings out a whole different Function for me because now I can understand the things I struggle with
0: right when like in the case of the book of Hebrews You read 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 ten scholars, and there may be ten different opinions about who wrote it but um, (laughs) Moving on the next section. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time in Um, he's kind of just basically talking about man I want to come see you. Okay. I'm gonna summarize it with that not that it's not important, but um, I want to get to another place and that is verses 16 and 17. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you read scholars, of which we are not a group, part of the group, um, but if you read these guys with letters after their names and things like that, um, there's almost universal agreement. Old authors, new authors, new theologians, pastors, teachers, Bible students, that verses 16 and 17 summarize the totality not only of the book of Romans, but really of kind of the gospel experience as a whole. Yeah. And I think it's worthy to read them. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And some people would even say, hey, Tammy, um, some people would even say that that last phrase of verse 17 even further summarizes verses 16 and 17 as it kind of puts the whole gospel into context. The, The righteous will live by faith. Yes. And so you cannot escape as we go through the book of Romans, the idea he's going to talk ad nauseum about what it means to be righteous. Hello, hello, Reingar. And uh, he's going to talk with us a lot about what it means to be righteous. And he's going to compare and contrast. And he's going to talk about faith. And he's going to talk about who you have faith in. And we're going to talk about that. But um, before we end the broadcast today, let's, let's jump back and really dig into verses 16 and 17 because they're so pivotal. The first thing that he says there is, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That's a big deal for Paul to say um in this particular culture um because um when you look back at what we just talked about a few minutes ago saul of tarsus student of gamaliel the zealot of judaism uh would have opposed the gospel of christ does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. i mean and not only would he have he did I mean, at the stoning of Stephen, uh, you you read around and we, you know, he's standing there, I believe, with holding the coats of the people that, you know, he the zealot was there watching Stephen get stoned uh, before Paul's conversion. And uh, so he was out on on the road to uh, Damascus. He was uh, he was in route to go get Christians. He was persecuting the church of Jesus.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, he was persecuting the gospel. And so for Paul to come out in this, (laughs) it's not his opening salvo, but it's kind of his opening theological salvo. After he's said hello and I can't wait to see you and you're doing awesome, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Um, And then he describes what that is.
1: Well, and he kind of, so 16 and 17 is kind of the, I don't know, you could call it the Ten Commandments of theology to some extent. (laughs) You got two little verses here. Yeah. And it's encompassing the whole book and the theologies and things that he's about to talk about. And so, but it's also a big deal of knowing who Paul was by of reading that. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. And It's like what you just said. He had to have a conversion. Yep. And that shook a lot of people. It shook a lot of the community. I mean, it was, I don't know, I look at it almost like when the the peter and in prison and the whole building literally shakes yeah uh he had people that were afraid of him there were the whole jewish community that were shaking their head going man you really could have been something yeah. and he takes a stand with that and it flies up in the face of what was the what was his teacher's name gamaliel, gamaliel. it flies up in the face of that guy by what he says here That I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's made me who I am. I just told you that I was a bond servant to it and it it I mean it it That's a statement of standing that for us. It's all just seemed like an academic part of the story But it's not right He is proclaiming. This is what I'm going to tell you. This is what it really is it's not what all the historical stuff of it that we we've, we've made it as. It is the same historical God, but it's not what we've made it. Right, we were wrong. And and uh, even in our zealousness, they uh, were
0: sincere and sincerely wrong and sincerely misguided. Well, their doctrine was jacked up. Yeah, and <laughs> and I like the next phrase because it says, "Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, the Jew first, also the Greek." Every time you read a letter from Paul, whether it's a scathing letter to the first Corinthians, you know, they set things right. Doesn't matter. He's going to talk on repeat. Basically, Paul has one message. Jesus Christ, him crucified, resurrected the gospel. He's going even when he's, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, you crazy Christian in Corinth. Why? Because the gospel. (laughs) And he's always going to bring it back to the gospel. And there's a reason for that, because he says he's not ashamed of it he's apostle to it or by it and he is a bond servant to it because it it that story that good news um that the of the the power of it is the power of god unto salvation he had everything else he was kicked off his horse blah 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 the meeting with christ and he would tell you that's the gospel the power that was exhibited to bring him from what he was to where he is is the gospel The
1: power of God. Well, not that it makes a lot of difference. and We don't really script any of this, so what you're seeing is what comes out. Uh, But why did the Jew first? I know what the theological answer to that is, but. Because he's the Jew.
0: (laughs) He's saying, because remember what he look back in his preamble. He says, I'm doing this. Go back to verse five. Through him we have received grace and apostleship. Why? There's a purpose. To bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among the Gentiles. He's saying, hey, it came to the Jew. I'm the Jew is what he's saying. First, that's the way I read it. I say that's what he's saying. That's the way I read it. And also to the Greek. There's no difference in us. I'm just a guy from the Jewish community. He saved me and now I'm bringing it to you. What do you think?
1: Yes. Well, I, I think it's it's right along in that it uh, when he says to the Jew first, uh, also, uh, I'm not telling you what the theologians say that it is, there's a lot of he'd be amazed at how much stuff is written. Yeah, on that statement. And it goes from absurd, to, you know, well, yeah, that could be it. And I'm not here to knock all that. But what I think is, is just as it's written, to the jew first because the jews were trained in the scriptures for a thousand years before this the gentiles didn't have any of that right they had pagan guests you know right pantheon gods and yada 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 and so the point is is that when the spirit came down into him he saw it yeah god showed him what it really meant and what it really looked like and who he really was and so he's not just talking about him; he's talking about even the Jews that won't believe the Jewish tradition. Which, well, tradition or not tradition, they they had the scripture in their head; they had the basis. Yeah. The same reason that Jesus was beating everybody up—that you should know this stuff. Fair enough. Which <laughs> brings up the second part of the of the of the of the chapter here that we'll probably have to get into next week yeah Uh, and so uh but yeah the jew first because they've been trained so what does that mean for us i think it means because you know i've spent a lot of years trying to dig and study and i've wavered like nobody's business uh in various times and trials and in the end you know most of the time i was going through those trials and the more i studied the more i knew i knew what the answer was in the back of my head I just didn't want to deal with it or whatever happened To the Jew first Would you say to the trained
0: first to the religious? Yeah,
1: so for us today That's where it applies. It's not about the. There is a covenant with the Jewish people as a race, okay? That's not what he's talking about here He's talking to those that are trained and learned not by degree by studying with the Lord Because he works and he contends with it. We're going to get knocked off our horse. I don't know how many times just like he did. And you have to be willing to live that and want to do that. Uh, So you're not going to be perfect. That's the other thing. We look at Paul and we say, oh, of course he said all that. He's just like me and you. We've made big fusses over Jesus. (laughs) He lived the life and was tempted just like everybody else was. And you have to be able to grab a hold of that because now it makes your struggles seem real i get it these people went through that i mean he was still able to say this right that makes a difference one
0: of the ways i've always read that too is let me read it a different way and i'm not taking away from scriptures or if you're a purist out there like that don't freak out i'm just gonna it's like by analogy because it's the power of god for salvation to everyone who knows better and those that don't and that's the power yeah. there's we don't just preach the gospel to lost people so that they can be saved and then we do something different
1: <laughs>
0: we preach the gospel to lost people gentiles so they may be saved and we preach the gospel to the jew the people who know better the christian even
1: yeah
0: so that they can also be saved as he would say I'm being saved you working know there's working out a, your salvation, with, out fear your salvation with fear and trembling so it the gospel's the power whether you know anything nothing about god or you think you know everything about god it the gospel is the power of god to salvation today tomorrow ongoing for eternity it is the thing
1: and we'll come back and visit this because in later on in the chapter we'll end up talking about a fancy word called propitiation and why the gospel seems so ridiculous
0: well, it is ridiculous to those that
1: are not, that don't want to believe it, right? Um,
0: all right, let's just let's just stop it right there and not get in because what's going about to happen in in Romans one is he's fixing to start talking about how the Gentile world took, went off the rails, uh, and 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 it's really a commentary on humanity, but uh, yeah. um, and it's not just about one group or even a certain. It's really a commentary on humanity, but we don't have time. We've got to, to wrap this up, um so you kind of see what this is going to look like we're going to read a little we're going to talk a little um it's not necessarily going to be an exegetical verse one says verse two says there'll be some of that um we're not smart enough yeah but (laughs) isn't that the truth but the biggest thing we want you to take away from it is we want you to wrestle we want you to dig contend with the lord over what you find here um sometime between now and next friday just start reading through the book. You've got plenty of time. And read through it again. Read through it again. Um, and send us stuff that you may have questions. We might be able to work yeah, on Yeah, and you say, well, how How can I do that? I'm glad you asked. I've got a handy-dandy little... Um, if you, you have questions, you can email us right there at info at and We'll pick that up. Um, you can also just go on, on my, web, my uh, Facebook page. You go to the Crucibles Fire Facebook page. Send me a message. Send a comment in the video. Um, We'll read we read everything that comes in and, uh, you know, you can you can do that on there because we want to not just give you things. We don't want to feed you like baby birds necessarily. Our mission and our ministry is to educate, equip and empower, um, you know, the the entire body of Christ and uh, and encourage you to get out there, contend and struggle with the Lord about things and so we're glad you've, you joined us we had several people online today a couple of you guys were out there that were new today we thanks for joining us um maybe you'll actually come back i don't know uh it's it's hard to tell um one of the things we are going to start doing i didn't tell you this tim um i'm going to start packaging this up and doing like a rebroadcast of this in the evenings um on friday mm-hmm. um for people who can't be here during the lunch hour um probably do it like a live but it's going to be recorded it's be this session and um that way maybe some more people can catch it i've had a few people say hey i can't get on with you live where can i go find this um it'll also be on youtube um, on our youtube channel and um, if you want to go out there and be sure to get to our youtube channel if i have the i don't think that i have the web address of the youtube channel no i don't on here but you can just look us up on youtube at uh thecruciblesfire.org and uh there's a link out there so if you want to, to catch us on that we'd love for you to do that Um, You got anything before we go last words of well, just a
1: practical function. We've already talked about it some we've said it many times before that and like Matt said just You have to read it and you have all the tools available to you you don't it doesn't matter what your intelligence level is what your what your schooling level is and Get out of your head when you read things you know that Paul is the Apostle so of course he's gonna write that or Peter is the Apostle of course he's gonna write like that don't look at it like that and the way you do that is is so read this so I have a new American Standard is typically what I study out of but I read a lot out of the New Living Translation NIV's he reads the uh, Christian Standard Christian Standard Bible Every one of those versions, and you can get that because it just helps you give context or start learning how to language for a function. Read that. Uh, what is it called? Uh, what would you say? It was You? You version? You version. You version. Yeah, okay. on on your phone. You can go to You version. You can get every, there's other ones that have it, apps, that you can get every version of the Bible and read it. and doesn't cost a thing. Right, and so you don't have to have the deep theologic theological commentaries or or Read some of these big heady people like John Stott and that kind of stuff. Maybe you never even know that name I would encourage you to find out that name, but uh, Nonetheless just start reading the scripture get it yeah. in all kinds of different languages and functions And it'll start stirring things up like you wouldn't believe. That's exactly right um, We're glad you're here. Um
0: Thank you for coming, Tim. Why don't you give us a word of prayer and lead us out?
1: Yeah, so Lord, we come to you now in the name of Jesus, Father. uh, Thank you for your word and for your life-changing movement, Father. Mm. Uh, You are the creation. Amen. (laughs) And uh, uh, some of us don't really know how to live in that creation yet. We're still trying to figure it out, but uh, Lord, you are good, Mm -hmm. and you give to us abundantly father so just be patient with us give us a zeal and a heart to to chew on your word and to want to read it and to pursue that father so that you show us so many other things so lord we thank you uh even just for our technology to be able to visit with brothers and sisters online like this and and we pray father that we can be an encouragement to those to those brethren that are out there father and we ask that your spirit go out amongst them, Father, and that you give them freedom, Father. Mm, yes, Lord. And, and, and encouragement, what little we can we can muster up to send that way, Father, so that they'll learn to pursue you and want to pursue you and learn more about you so that they can walk as Christ did. So we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you guys for joining us as we help you learn, teach, repeat. See you next Friday.